Welcome to my podcast. This is the Dr. Raymond Havlicek podcast, Friday morning, the 18th of March, uh, 2022. And uh, uh, today I'm going to thread the needle. I'm going to bring together a number of items that are in the news that are of concern, and they all seem to relate with one another. Um, and um, so, uh, in today's post, you may have seen the story about Hunter Biden's laptop, which I think is really most revealing that the New York Times has actually come out and admitted they were entirely wrong uh, about uh, the laptop and its contents linking Joe Biden uh, to the corruption of the Biden family and uh, influence peddling overseas. Um, most important uh, uh, article and uh, most important for America because the article reveals the um, the thin ice that the Biden administration is is on trying to hold their coalition of Marxists and leftists and socialists and greenies together. Um, so uh, another thing in the news is the this issue about the airplanes uh, that uh, Ukraine and Zelensky want uh, to help them uh, control the skies over Ukraine because of the bombardment uh, that the Russians are subjecting the Ukrainians to. Uh, Zelensky believes that those aircraft would help um, their uh, their pilots fight off uh, the uh, Russians. And uh, it appears as though the American attitude or Biden's attitude towards uh, these aircraft is that they would be escalatory. So I don't understand... Uh, why uh, fighter aircraft are uh, are uh, which he deems not effective would be escalatory when stinger missiles that are effective are not escalatory that 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 just seems to be an enormous uh, contradiction that uh, the Biden administration is not uh, not uh, thinking clearly about if stinger missiles are effective which of course they are they've been taking down dozens of Russian aircraft and the Javelin missiles, of course, have been taking out hundreds of Russian tanks. And there are thousands of dead Russian soldiers uh, due to uh, those two uh, war, uh, defensive war devices. Uh, but they're not uh, escalatory, but airplanes uh, are. So you go figure out. It's very, very difficult to understand. Um, why uh, Stinger missiles are not escalatory, but uh, uh, MiG fighter jets that are currently possessed by Poland and other countries in Eastern Europe are, are considered to be uh, escalatory. Um, but uh, also of interest is, is the issue of why this war is being fought in the first place. And I think that that's the core of what I'm trying to uh, put together in today's uh, podcast. Um, I think green energy has a lot more to do with this war than most people realize. I think that uh, that the Russians actually started their war campaign against Europe and North America decades ago. Putin is a very smart, though evil, human being. And he wanted to soften up Europe and North America and make Europe and North America much greener because the more green... Europe and North America becomes the less they will develop their own natural resources. Why is that important? Because Russia is really basically a big gas station and they make money by selling 
oil and natural gas to Europe and to America and to the rest of the world. So the more dependent uh, Europe and North America becomes on Russian uh, uh, fossil fuels, uh, the more dependent, the more uh, accepting and passive will be the Europeans and the North Americans. And I think Putin really figured that one out. That's the reason why Trump was so confrontational with NATO uh, and demanding that uh, the NATO countries pay their fair share for the NATO dues because uh, NATO had fallen asleep at the wheel. They became so passive and so dependent on the Russians. They didn't, they didn't see Russian and Putin as threats anymore because they were, they so were, they were so needy. Uh, even to this day, the Amer America is still, or up until recent, I should say, America was still purchasing, uh, Russian oil. Uh, Biden was most resistant to cutting off the Russian oil and that Russian oil was putting millions of dollars every day into uh, the Russian war machine, because that's how, how Putin and Russia make their money. They make their money by selling oil to the rest of the world. So <clears throat> this all goes back to the, to the core concept of the Democratic Party today. The Democratic Party today insists that the, the biggest threat is not Russia and it's not China. The biggest threat, according to them, is global warming. And they want to sell us electric cars. They want a high price for gasoline. They're indifferent to it. They're not doing anything to reduce the price that would be substantial, like opening the spigot on all the sources of energy that they closed down when Biden became president and restarting the Keystone Pipeline. They are purposely keeping the supplies tight so that the price of oil goes up and so middle class families uh, can suffer. And, and they, now they have the temerity to tell us that the solution to this is that we should go out and purchase electric vehicles. Yeah, they cost 60,000 bucks a piece and we should go out and buy electric vehicles. So, but I, then I came across something on the internet that I, I don't know who the author of this was, but I'm going to read it to you that really, really basically puts the kibosh on electric vehicles. It really tells the truth about how absurd this is. And uh, I can just give you a thumbnail before reading it to you um, that you go out and you buy an electric vehicle. Where does the electricity comes from? While you're sitting in the car thinking, oh, boy, I'm not polluting the environment because I'm driving an electric vehicle. Meanwhile, the electricity that you put into the electric vehicle is being produced by coal powered and, and fossil fuel powered um, uh, generators that are polluting the environment. So it's purely a psychological process. But you can see how stupid the democratic uh, concept is here. They don't want to produce domestic energy, but they want us to get the energy from other nations as if, as if the, the energy that comes from other nations is going to be less polluting than the energy that we produce in North America. So listen to this. You'll be shocked. Batteries, they do not make electricity. This is uh, what I got off the internet. You'll find this interesting. They store electricity produced elsewhere, primarily by coal, uranium, natural gas-powered plants, or diesel fuel generators. So to say an electric vehicle is a zero-emission vehicle is not at all true. It's, it's a lie. It, they are uh, uh, polluting. Also, since 40% of the electricity generated in the U.S. is from coal-fired plants, it follows that 40% of the electrical ve electric vehicles on the road are effectively coal-powered. 
Einstein's formula, E equals mc squared, tells us it takes the same amount of energy to move a 5,000-pound gasoline-driven automobile a mile as it does uh, an electric one. The only question, again, is what produces the electricity. To reiterate, it does not come from the battery. The battery is only the storage device, like a gas tank in a car. There are two orders of batteries, rechargeable and single-use. The most common single-use batteries are A, AA, AAA, C, D, and 9 volts, and lantern types. Those dry cell uh, species use zinc, manganese, lithium, silver oxide, or zinc, and carbon to store electricity chemically. They all contain toxic heavy metals. Rechargeable batteries only differ in their internal materials, usually lithium ion, nickel, metal oxide, and nickel cadmium. The United States uses 3 billion of these two battery types a year, and most are not recycled. They end up in landfills. California is the only state which requires all batteries be recycled. If you throw your small used batteries into the trash, here's is what happens to them. All batteries are self-discharging. That means even when not in use, they leak teeny amounts of energy. You have likely ruined a flashlight or two from an old ruptured battery. When a battery runs down and can no longer uh, power a toy or light, you think of it as dead. Well, it's not. It continues to leak small amounts of electricity. As the chemicals inside it runs out, pressure builds up inside the battery's metal casing and eventually it cracks. The metals left inside then ooze out into the environment. The ooze in your ruined flashlight is toxic. It, and so is the ooze that will inevitably leak from the, from every battery into a landfill. All batteries eventually rupture. It just takes rechargeable batteries longer to end up in the, in the landfill. In addition to dry cell batteries, there is also wet cell ones used in automobiles, boats, and motorcycles. The good thing about those is 90% of them are recycled. Unfortunately, we do not yet know how to recycle single-use uh, batteries properly. But that's not the half of it. For those of you excited about electric cars and a green revolution, I want you to take a closer look at batteries and also windmills and solar panels. These three technologies share what we all call environmentally destructive production costs. A typical electric vehicle battery weighs 1,000 pounds, about the size of a travel trunk. It contains 25 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of nickel, 44 pounds of manganese, 30 pounds of cobalt, 200 pounds of copper, and 400 pounds of aluminum, steel, and plastic. Inside are over 6,000 individual lithium-ion cells. It should concern you that all those toxic component, components come from mining. For instance, to manufacture each electric vehicle auto battery, you must process 25,000 pounds of brine for the lithium, 30,000 pounds of ore for the cobalt, 5,000 pounds of ore for the nickel, and 25,000 pounds of ore for the copper. All told, you must dig up 500,000 pounds of the Earth's crust for just one battery. 68% of the world's cobalt, a significant part of a battery, comes from the Congo. Their mines have no pollution controls, and they employ children who die from handling this toxic material. Should we factor in those diseased kids as part of the cost of driving an electric car? I'd like to leave you with these thoughts. California is building the largest battery in the world near the largest battery factory, I guess, 
uh, in the world near San Francisco, and they intend to power it from solar panels and windmills. They claim this is the ultimate in being green, but it is not. It's, I'm sorry, it's not a factory. It's a battery. This con construction project is creating an environmental disaster. Let me tell you why. The main problem with solar arrays is the chemicals needed to process silicate into the silicon used in the panels. To make pure enough silicon requires processing it with hydrochloric acid, sulfuric acid, nitric acid, hydrogen fluoride, trichloroethane, and acetone. In addition, they also need gallium arsenide, uh, copper indium gall gallium diselenide, and cadmium telluride, which also are highly toxic. I'm not a chemist, I'm a psychologist. Silicon dust is a hazard to the workers and the panels cannot be recycled. Windmills are the ultimate in embedded cost and environmental destruction. Each weighs 1,688 tons, the equivalent of 23 houses, and contains 1,300 tons of concrete, 295 tons of steel, 48 tons of iron, 24 tons of fiberglass, and the hard-to-extract rare earth neodymium, neodymium uh, parasodium, and diasporium. Each blade weighs 81,000 pounds and will last 15 to 20 years, at which time it must be replaced. We cannot recycle used blades. There, are, there may be a place for these technologies, but you must look beyond the myth of zero emissions. Going green may sound like utopian ideal, but when you look at the hidden and embedded cause uh, realistically with an open mind, you can see that going green is more destructive to the Earth's environment than meets the eye, for sure. And I would suggest that probably it's more toxic to the environment than burning gasoline in your car and uh, taking a ride. So this is the truth about electric vehicles. It is something that we've been sold to believe. Uh, we're to believe that the world is going to end soon because of the heating up of the atmosphere. The oceans are going to rise. The cities are going to be flooded. And the only solution to this is that we buy uh, electric vehicles. Now, this, this theory may sound stupid to you, um, but it's true. And it worked in Europe because for decades, Vladimir Putin has been spending money on environmental groups in both North America and Europe to promote electric vehicles and to uh, 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 cast a dark shadow over uh, domestically produced uh, resources like oil and natural gas. So the green movement in Europe and North America has been largely funded by Moscow. Most Americans are not aware of this, that Putin has been softening up uh, uh, Europe and North America by making Europe and North America more dependent on Russian oil and natural gas. This is why uh, Donald Trump intelligently uh, was opposed to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. He said, in effect, to the Germans, you want us to have our troops in, in Europe to protect you from Russia, but yet you want to uh, uh, go into business with Moscow to produce uh, another uh, pipeline that, by the way, avoids Ukraine, uh, so that you can become more dependent on Moscow. Um, it doesn't make any sense at all. When Biden came into office, what was the first thing that he did? He approved it, and um, uh, and uh, they, the building uh, continued with the Nord Stream 2 uh, pipeline until recently, uh, after the Russian invasion, Germany and America uh, shut down the deal. 
So the whole idea of, of, of Moscow was to prepare for the Ukraine invasion by making sure that Europe would be passive in dealing with the invasion because they couldn't afford to lose their energy dependence from Moscow. So this uh, invasion of Ukraine is something that I believe Vladimir Putin has been planning for quite some time. Um, and he, his, his ideology behind it is really smart. He, he was counting on or believing that the Europeans would be so passive and so dependent on Russian uh, natural gas and, and oil that they would be sitting on their hands and they would just sit back and say, well, you know, Ukraine is not NATO. Meanwhile, the Ukrainians must have surprised the hell out of Putin because they're fighting back and effectively they're stopping it. I, 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 I suggest everyone read the intelligence updates from the Institute for the Study of War, uh, General Jack Keane's organization. They provide very interesting and detailed updates at, daily at 5.30 in the afternoon as to what's going on in Ukraine. And those updates are showing that the, the, the Russians are stalled. Lots of them, seven, eight, ten thousand 10,000 Russians have been killed. Hundreds of their tanks have been destroyed uh, many 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 dozens of their aircraft helicopters and fighters have been destroyed so the the ukrainians are surprising the hell out of putin they're standing up to russian aggression and europe is sitting back and they're scared and that's the reason why they're they want to replace russian oil and natural gas with other sources so they can act more independently of moscow in the future thanks for listening uh, to the Dr. Raymond Havlicek podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for all the positive comments that you've been making. Stand by. I have another uh, upcoming interview with uh, someone in, uh, in Ukraine. I think someone associated with the Ukrainian government. Um, and that will be tomorrow. Uh, this is the Raymond Havlicek, uh, Dr. Raymond Havlicek uh, podcast. Peace to everyone. God bless America and God save Ukraine. Peace.